Hello, and welcome to the Commander Theory Podcast. I'm Nick Beatman, and I'm here with my friend, Zach Mack. Hello, everybody. So today's episode is all about Brawl. We're going to be discussing the recent bannings, the impact of Historic Anthology 3 on Historic Brawl in Arena, and the post-Aquaria metagame in Standard Brawl. But before we jump in, I want to briefly talk about our Patreon. If you head on over to patreon.com slash commandertheory, you can support the show and access sweet benefits for as little as $1 a month. If you aren't ready to be a patron yet, you can help us out by rating or reviewing us on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. All right, with that, let's move on to the bannings. So on Monday, May 18th, Wizards announced the banning of two cards in Brawl, Dranith Magistrate and Winota Joiner of Forces. So both of these are from Akoria. Dranith Magistrate is one and a white for a 1-3 human wizard. Your opponents can't cast spells from anywhere other than their hands. Win creature card from among them onto the battlefield tapped and attacking. It gains indestructible until end of turn. Put the rest of the cards on the bottom of your library in a random order. So let's start by talking about Dranith Magistrate. Um, how do you feel about this ban? Does it make sense to you? Is it um, something that you disagree with? It seems kind of an innocuous on the surface, but it falls in line with the bannings that they've had in the past. Uh, they banned Sorcerer Spyglass and Oko for pretty much the exact same reason they cited for Dranith Magistrate, where like it just keeps you from playing uh, Brawl as intended. And though I don't think like a two mana one three is like going to be super format warping, I I think this is a fine ban. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that um, although it's arguable whether this needed a ban, it, it, the ban did come really soon after the set's release. I personally didn't see it that frequently in the wild. Um, I think it's definitely a good quality of life ban. It's just going to make the format more fun without it there. Yeah, and I think that's really the key here is that it's not that it's like too much to ask to remove a 1-3 uh, with like no abilities, but it would make games just that much more unfun and that much more grueling. I think in general, this falls in line with the bannings in a good way that just is going to make the format more fun overall. All right, uh, let's talk a bit about Winota Joiner of Forces. So per Wizards, Winota decks were experiencing very high win rates, increased play rates, and were contributing to reduced diversity in the metagame. Uh, And as somebody who plays a lot of brawl it felt like she was one of the top three commanders being played while she was legal she was everywhere and it was really difficult to deal with her you can stop a winota with counter spells or with instant speed spot removal just killing her before they go to attacks but the thing is the winota player can just avoid casting her if it's clear that you've got like if you're representing heartless act if you're representing um disdainful stroke or something and they can just continue developing their board and uh, beating you down. So you you may like be able to hold up mana or even just bluff holding up mana for one of these answers, but they can still just cast their spells and beat your face in. And it's just really difficult to, to deal with that if you're losing tempo holding up answers for a threat that never comes. Additionally, like Gwinota is cheap enough that you can kind of go underneath a lot of the common board wipes in the format, like... Uh, cast off or say massacre girl like they both cost five mana if you're winota and you're on the play you've gotten a whole bunch of winota triggers before they're able to cast their board wipe so that's i I think those contributed to why she was so popular why she won so much 
And another reason that I think she might have been so popular is because the deck can be built extremely cheaply with like majority commons and uncommons. All you need is non-human creatures. And compared to something like Niv Visit Reborn, where you need a whole bunch of lands, a whole bunch of rare lands in your mana base, and a bunch of powerful rare and mythic bombs to play, uh, Winota doesn't really require anything from you. So I think that because it's easy to make, that contributed to, to it showing up a lot as well. How, how do you feel about this ban? Do you think that it was warranted? Do you Are you happy to see her go? Yeah, so, I mean, this is coming from someone who plays, uh, plays Brawl, but much less than you. I do think a lot of the reasons you cited were important reasons for why she was banned. And I think that uh, she was more of a plant... She was definitely for Brawl, but she was more of a plant for Eternal formats, which can handle her much better, like just Commander in general. So I think that uh, one of the problems and one of the reasons they had to ban her in Brawl is, like you said, the tools that they have to keep aggro decks like this in check just were not good enough. So I do actually think that um, if she had been allowed to stay in the format longer, people would have picked up on that and you would have just seen these Brawl cues that were just... 90 well not 90 percent, but like every other game would have been winota mm -hmm. at a certain point so i do think that this is going to help with diversity um and i she's a great commander <laughs> so if you really like her you should play her there all right uh but i i agree with you i think that it's it makes sense to see her go honestly i liked playing against the winota decks more than say like niv Mizzet reborn or kinnon because Winota kills you really, really quickly, so you can just easily requeue to get stomped by the next Winota deck, whereas Nimizit Reborn will take many turns to grind you out usually. Yes. Yeah, that that's kind of I guess like I said, like they're just the tools that were there to handle her uh were not good enough right now. Alright, I think that brings us to the next topic, which is the post decoria standard brawl metagame. Uh it's gonna be a little bit different now that Winota has been banned but um we'll we'll see what we what kind of conclusions we can draw and maybe give you some tips for beating the top decks uh, i want to preface this by saying that getting accurate data on the brawl metagame is kind of tricky wizards hasn't been releasing data from wednesday brawl or the brawlers guild hall uh, edh rec currently doesn't support brawl and other sites like etherhub and mtg goldfish don't have robust numbers of deck lists so we'll tr we'll try to like take the data that is available, compare these data sources, and align and see if we can align that with my own experience just playing yeah. a lot of brawl. Yeah. But many many caveats for everything we're going to be discussing right now. All right, we'll start with the EtherHub data. So the top, well, we'll just go over the top eight decks here of the approximately 120 brawl decks on EtherHub. The most popular commander is niv Mizzet Reborn, with 17.6% of the metagame. Next is Kinnon Bonder Prodigy, with 7.5% of the metagame. Uh, followed by Ashiok, Nightmare Muse, with 6.72%, and Narset of the Ancient Way and Nicobolus Dragon God, tied for 5.8% of the metagame. Those are some of the most popular. There's also Kenrith the Return King and Kiora Behemoth Beckoner with 4.2% of the metagame and Thassa Deep Dwelling with 3.4% of the metagame. So those are our top eight commanders. We're seeing a huge lead for niv Reborn followed by Kinnon and then kind of drops off from there. MTG Goldfish has a, a bit more of a robust 
uh, selection of deck lists. It's got approximately 240 decks, and the most popular commanders are Kinnon, Bonder Prodigy, with 7.5% of the meta, Nethroi, Apex of Death, with 6.7% of the meta, Narset of the Ancient Way, with 5% of the meta, Kenrith, also with 5% of the meta, Korvold and Winota and niv Reborn all being tied for 3.7% of the meta, although notably Winota is no longer legal, so take that with a grain of salt. And then Iluna Apex of Wishes as number 8 with 3.4% of the metagame. So just comparing these two data sources, we're seeing a bit of overlap. Um, Kinnon, niv Kenrith, and Narset of the Ancient Way are showing up on both lists of the top eight commanders in Brawl. So I think we can safely say that that's really what you're most likely to see when you jump into a Brawl queue. Yeah. And that and that pretty much tracks with my experience. I am definitely seeing a lot of Nimizit decks, a lot of Kinnon decks, and then some Narset decks, and then occasionally Kenrith decks. So let's let's talk about these these top four ish commanders or these these commanders that I think multiple data sets agree are, are highly represented in the metagame. And I'll, I'll give you some advice for how to play against them. So the Kenrith decks I've seen have typically not been that powerful. Um, I know that it's five color and uh, the potential is pretty high, but Kenrith himself is not that strong. It's a commander that you have to like kind of cast and then untap with before he can really do much. And even then the rate on his abilities is not ultra strong so with my in my experience kenrith is not that big of a threat if you have answers to him then you can kind of just try to trade one for one with their other cards and you you can probably grind them out it's not the best commander kinnon uh is very fast and comes down early kinnon doesn't have but but one of the deck's weaknesses is that it doesn't have a ton of mana sinks outside of its commander so if you can shut down, although, so killing Kinnon repeatedly is is difficult because it's so cheap. You can play it on turn two, uh, then you kill it, and then they'll just come down two turns later or even sooner if they have other sources of acceleration. So I wouldn't, I don't think that like killing Kinnon repeatedly is the best strategy, but if you can lock them out of Kinnon with something like a Frogify or a Heliod's Punishment, or some other aura that transforms him and makes it so they can no longer use his abilities, then I think that is a pretty effective way to get him. Because once you do that, you're likely to get them into a stage where... Um, you're likely to get them into a position where they're kind of like flooding out, maybe just drawing one card per turn, casting it, and then that's it. So when they're in that sort of position, you're you can focus a bit more on building up your own resources. They're a lot less threatening. So that would be my advice for dealing with Kennen is to look the, look into those auras and then try to get them down on Kennen. Um, the Narset of the Ancient Way is a, a tricky matchup for a lot of decks. It runs a lot of board wipes. It's got counter spells. One potential answer to her strategy is to find room in your deck for Rhythm of the Wild. Rhythm of the Wild is one green-red. Creature spells you cast can't be countered. Creatures you control have Riot, which means they enter the battlefield either with haste or a plus one plus one counter. That'll help you, if you can resolve that, it'll help you dodge some of the counter spells. It'll help you get your creatures in there. 
before your opponent can cast their sorcery speed removal or activate the removal mode on Narset. Um, that would be a pretty pretty good tech against her. Other than that, it's just a difficult matchup. Your one benefit is that Narset herself doesn't actually draw them cards, but she is good at answering the board. She can ramp them, and that ultimate can end the game if it, they ever manage to get the emblem. Uh, Niv-Mizzet Reborn is probably the commander I've seen either like the second most out of all the, the most popular Brawl commanders, and he's really the boogeyman of the format. It's running all the best cards in all five colors, but unlike Kenrith, uh, Niv-Mizzet Reborn is a huge threat. It draws three to four cards as soon as it enters the battlefield. Um, and, also, and also similar to Kenrith, its mana isn't that bad. If you've got 10 shocks, uh, 10 scry lands, five triomes, that's a decent mana base. Uh, they are going to be playing a lot of lands tapped, but they are also going to be able to cast their spells. And because you're running the best cards in five colors, that they tend to be pretty high quality spells. There's also things like Chromatic Lantern or Dryad of the Elysian Grove that can really fix your mana pretty effectively. I don't have a lot of great advice for, for beating this. Basically, if you can consistently counter Niv-Mizzet and then trade one for one with the rest of its cards, you might be able to grind it out, but it's still very, very difficult. Alternatively, you can try to be hyper-aggressive and kill your opponent before they can sort out their mana, and that is a strategy that sometimes works. So maybe like a Torbrand list or something like that, but I feel like if you push hard in that direction just to beat Niv-Mizzet, then you're going to fall short against the other decks in the format. So I don't have a lot of great advice. I think that Niv-Mizzet is challenging to beat. And, um, well, I guess there's always got to be a best deck, but it's unfortunate that it's five color control. Yeah, this is, I think, one of the problems with, like, when Golos was kind of running rampant, was just, like, Brawl kind of forces you into the smaller card pool. So when you have access to just the best cards in this small card pool, you're going to have a pretty large advantage. And being that Niv-Mizzet does draw you two to three very high impact cards every time he comes down like it's just there's not a lot you can do about that yeah and when it's a small card pool there's just not as many diverse answers like in older formats there are ways to deal with this kind of strategy there's better ways to to deny your opponent's mana um which is really like the one weakness but unfortunately like standard land destruction isn't really a thing yeah it's not really something that people um can really build around in brawl at, at bare minimum yeah so that's that's our analysis of the metagame those are our tips for how to beat the best decks uh, i think we're also going to post a link to an architect folder where we've been collecting a lot of brawl decks if you want to see a slice of the metagame but feel free to check that out and i think with that we can move on to the last segment for today's episode so moving from brawl to the slightly its its sister format historic brawl uh historic brawl uses all cards from ixalan forward so that's ixalan rivals of ixalan dominaria m19 and then the current standard format as well as several historic anthologies which are small pools of cards designed to uh influence the metagame of this new format so currently there have been two well 
they, they just released Historic Anthology 3, and we're going to talk a little bit about how these new cards injected into the format are going to affect the Historic Brawl metagame. Historic Anthology 3 is the biggest one to date, with 27 cards added to the, the Historic and Historic Brawl formats. Um, I think most of these cards are going to miss in Historic Brawl, but yeah. but there's a handful of staples that are worth talking about, and I think, and as well as like some niche uses for the other ones. So let's let's start off with by far the best card added to the format in Historic Anthology Three. That is Swan Song. Swan Song is a single blue mana for an instant counter target enchantment, instant or sorcery spell. Its controller creates a two-two blue bird creature token with flying. What do you think about this card? How do you think it's going to influence Historic Brawl? Yeah, I think that it's going to influence it pretty well. Just being that we came from a Theros, we came from a set where. People do want to build around gods uh, and that there's just so many kind of, as you've mentioned, like Frogify and Kenra's transformation effects in this format. Uh, being able to play a threat, perhaps your commander, keep a blue open, protect that commander is pretty good. And it's just so cheap that I can't imagine like this card not seeing play in a lot of lists. Yeah, I've already managed to get some testing with it. Um and it's been fantastic. I played a game where I countered a divine visitation, and then my I, later on I tried to counter somebody's wrath, and then they swan songed that my counter. So there's just a lot of um, good interaction that it enables at a very premium price. The two-two bir- blue bird matters more than in like commander, especially like multiplayer formats or formats with more life. But it's still a very effective card, and it can really beat down your opponents. All right, uh, the next most widely applicable card is Tectonic Reformation. This is one in a red for an enchantment. Each land card in your hand has cycling red, and it has cycling two. So Tectonic Reformation gives red color identities without access to card draw a way to prevent flooding. And I've been testing this card in my mono red list, in my red white historic brawl list, and it's been great at filtering away dead draws in the late game. So if you have access to blue, maybe you don't need this. If you have access to um, some black card draw, maybe you don't need this. But for more restrictive color identities, I would look into it. Aside from those two potential staples, what are some other cards that might have some, some more narrow uses that we'll see play in historic brawl yeah so i actually can i mention uh eluna i think eluna got a treat with the new ulamog mm. i think that's going to be some like a line of play that we see really often is eluna into ulamog the ceaseless hunger uh which is introduced in historic anthology so i would bet money i'm gonna see that at some point in time <laughs> <laughs> other than that i think that calyx they're seeding some themes in these historic anthologies uh, the first two kind of did a good job of like putting in tech like swan song but then they also uh, kind of support certain themes whether that's like tribal like goblins or something else and i think uh in this set there's enchantress's presence which is two in a green enchantment whenever you has an enchantment spell draw a card that's something that calyx is like thumbs up good to go once a lot there's really there was not an enchantment that did this in Theros mm-hmm. and there I was really hoping there would have been. So this will be one of the better additions to that deck. Um, along with Mirari's wake, which, uh, 
is just crazy powerful. Like most commander players remember like the first time they played with a Mirari's Wake. The difference is that's going to go into a ton of different builds. That's going to go into not just Calyx, but like Zakama, Kenrith, uh, whoever really wants just an absurd amount of mana in white green. Yeah, I definitely think that white green X commanders with good activated abilities that can really make use of all the mana that this generates are probably going to be interested in Mirari's Wake. I think that Mirari's Wake is, um, I mean, if you just cast it and then next turn untap and cast your hand and you're done, that's not super powerful. What you really need is a way to make use of all that extra mana every turn. And these commanders with activated abilities can do that for you. Yeah, it's it ends up just being like crazy powerful. That's something I'm expecting to see a lot of. Do you, do you want to have this conversation on air or do we not? Why Hondans? Oh, uh, sure. Yeah, we, let's do that. So I actually have, a, I have this is a, a different thing. I want to talk to Nick about this on air. The In Historic Anthology 3, they're introducing the Hondans, which were a cycle of uncommon enchantments. They're all legendary from originally Kamigawa block. They all do something equal to the number of shrines you control, and each Honda in itself is a legendary shrine. Uh, so there's one for each color, and uh, they cost various mana costs. They do things like gain two life, an opponent discards a card, uh, you draw a card, you make a 1-1, one, one, um, and then the red one is burn something for, burn one. Something for one for each Honda you control. Um, so I want to say, why do you think these were included this time? Like, I have no idea. I really don't. Uh, I have a, our, our friend Mark who loves Hondans. Um, we, he built several decks specifically to make use of Hondans. Um, and it just, they didn't really do much in the games we played. Uh, they don't really seem like they're hits for historic brawl. And I don't, I can't imagine that they are going to be effective in historic either. Yeah. I, I've been trying to think about this. I've been trying to like process why when I saw the historic three announcement, cause this is the biggest one we've had, but it didn't have to be cause there were five Hondans in it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and like you said, they, I really haven't seen them do much work and I understand that they do have fans because they're, they're cool. They're fun. Uh, it's like if you have all five, like you're really cranking mm -hmm. on that upkeep, but you, it took you, probably nine turns it's like turn nine or ten before you have all five hondans down if you drew them all and then you have to wait another turn to get all the stuff like it just seems so slow in a format that is much more akin to uh standard mm -hmm. uh than commander which has much more longer drawn out games um and which also has much better ramp options mm -hmm. and tutoring options yeah so i i I'm confused. I, I think that they might have just been included because people like them. And I know Wizards likes them. I know Wizards employees like the Hondans. But um, if if you're having success with Hondans, can you let us know? Like, what build are you doing? Yeah, I I have not yet seen the build that uses them effectively, but I am uh, willing to learn. Yes, please. That That's, I guess... What I would like to see is I would I would like to know I'd like to understand. But any other cards you want to mention before we move on here? I, there there is I think there's a lot of archetypes that get a lot from this. I think 
my my hope is that we start to see some more commanders in those top like lists in those top eights because of these cards. So I've been trying to think about like who is going to jump up in the rankings because they got blank card or they got X support or something like that. Yeah, although it's going to be challenging because while the the brawl data is hard to come by, the historic brawl data is basically non-existent. Yeah, yeah. Especially since it's there's not most of the time there is not a historic brawl queue. Um, But yeah, I would love to see more cards like this shake up the metagame. Um, Personally, I am a huge fan of historic brawl. I I did a quick count yesterday and I've got about 50 historic brawl decks which means yeah. like 50 distinct archetypes that are possible. So there's a great opportunity for deck diversity and I love seeing cards added to it that could potentially enhance that. W- one last card I want to mention because I am excited to play with it is Body Double, which is a really unique kind of a color pie break from Planar Chaos. Four and a blue for a zero zero shapeshifter. You may have it enter the battlefield as a copy of any creature card in a graveyard. I think that's just um, a great way to give blue access to an effect that's normally outside its color pie. And there's things you can do with it in Historic Brawl, like have Body Double come in as a copy of something in somebody's graveyard, like blink it with Lor- with Yorion, or yeah. So I was kind of thinking about using it in a Prime Speaker Vanifar list because you could do something like. Sack a one drop, get like a corridor monitor, untap Vanifar, sack your corridor monitor, get like a Hyrax Tower Scout, untap your your Vanifar, go get a four drop. And then next turn, sack that four drop, go get body double, it comes in as like a Hyrax Tower Scout. And then you can untap your Vanifar, sack it again, go get a different four drop. So it just opens up a lot of options for you if you are in a deck that can get creatures into the graveyard like that. And... um you know, outside of black, that's normally tricky to do. Uh, all right. That, I think that's pretty much all I have to say on the, the topic of Brawl today. Um, please let us know if you like this type of content. We have many, many Brawl lists we can share. We have more um, Brawl content that we could potentially do in the future. So let us know if this is something you're interested in. And with that, I think we can move on to thanking our patrons. So thank you to Bradley, Gustav, Ryan, Mark, Addison, Mason, Rick, Laser, Raphael, Kyle, Charlotte, Andrew, Tom, The White Clays, Aubrey, Hannah, Anthony, Andy, Dylan, James, Justin, Logan, Roger, David, Evan, Bryce, Dylan, Benjamin, Jason, Kyle, Jerry, Brandon, and Amund. It's because of you that we're able to explore new types of content, keep the lights on here in the studio. Uh, We really appreciate your patronage. If you're not currently a Patreon patron but would like to become one, please check us out at patreon.com slash commandertheory. Thanks for listening. If any of you theorists want to get in touch with us, I am at Commander Theory on Twitter and Tumblr, and Zach is at Fat Bartleby on Twitter. Our theme song is Lincoln Continental by Entropy, and you can check him out on SoundCloud. Until next time, we're going back to the drawing board.